This morning, I'm going to be speaking on being a people that are led by the Spirit. This is not a new theme for us as a community. Um, Really, we've been journeying this together for months and months. We've been speaking about abiding. We've been speaking, um, Phil preached about intimacy, what that looks like. It's a, a growing revelation and a growing living reality for us to be people led by the Spirit, people of the Spirit. So I want to start with a quote that is so super inspiring. It's from Rick Joyner. Um, Let's give Tanil a sec. No, (laughs) we can't get enough, Sharky. (laughs) There is more power in a single Christian than in all the armies on, on the face of the earth. This truth will become known throughout the earth before the end of this age. God dwells in his people. God dwells in his people. And when his people come to know this as a living truth rather than doctrine, the world will know this truth also. I believe as the Western church, we've got so comfortable with living in intellectual doctrine that we've got unpracticed in our true inheritance, which is participation in the life of Christ in us. And as a community, we've been journeying together in the relentless pursuit to live in the fullness of what Jesus purchased on the cross for us, which means participation in the life of the Spirit, day by day, moment by moment. Friends, in this new next season, the church, Christ's body, his dwelling place, is going to be put on display like never before. The church is going to flourish as the times get darker and more challenging. The body of Christ will radiate his glory, his goodness, and his grace. And so we want to position ourselves to live fully in the living truth that we are the dwelling place of the living God. Individually, my body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, and together, living stones that form the dwelling place, the the resting place of the God of the universe here on earth. We cannot just read that as a sentimental, cute, sweet sentiment. We've got to live that as the Spirit teaches us how. So thank you. Next slide. Andrew Womack, he's a wonderful teacher. Oh, okay. Let me read Galatians 2 verse 20. Let me start with that. Um, My old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of the cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one, Jesus, lives his life 
through me. We live in union as one. My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loves me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. Friends, that is it. That is the gospel. That is the starting place. It is what we come back to moment after moment, time after time. Our old sinful nature was crucified with Christ on the cross, buried, done. And we were reborn by the Holy Spirit, resurrected with Jesus. And it is now through union, not to ever be separated again. You are not separated from Jesus when you do something bad. Most of you will feel like, oh, when I've got that attitude or when I sin like that, God leaves the building. He doesn't. You are in union with him in your spirit man. When you have a bad day, you are in union with him as your spirit man. And he is wanting to bust out of you into the world around you, not dependent on your performance, but on the performance of Jesus. Let's read Andrew Womack, um, a beautiful quote from him. Oh, sorry. I'll read it. Every revival has had a revelation of God's grace. Each awakening has possessed such an acute awareness of man's need to forsake independence and acknowledge his dependence on God. That's what we're coming back to. There is a great awakening happening in the church. And what we're leaving behind is our independence we can do this alone, our best effort, our most great plan, our most wonderful effort to total dependence on the life of Jesus. You see, being men and women led by the Spirit is not about some esoteric experience where you're high on like, you know, like weed and you, you know, you're having this esoteric experience and you, you, you're running through the daisies. No, it is not that. It is the story of men and women, fishermen, peasants, tax collectors, ordinary men and women like me and you, who were so filled with the Holy Spirit, having encounters with him day by day that they became a force that changed the world. No one would follow them in themselves. But because the king lived inside of them, they carried an exceptional authority. They were filled with the presence of God and they changed the world. They literally had nothing going for them except that they were dependent on the Lord. And we're so used to our success mindset. I need to be successful. We need to lay that aside. I need to be dependent. Will fruitfulness come? It will. But it comes from dependence and not from self-effort and independence. And I know many of us are going through this glorious transition, and, it's, and sometimes it's sore, learning the difference between self and being led by the Spirit. I'm jumping ahead. Let me check. I didn't want to. Yeah, access, let me just say this. Access to the indwelling power and presence of God is not based on your performance. It is not about what you do, but about what Jesus did. And this revelation is absolutely essential. You know, we receive the gift of salvation, 
pouring out like, God, we can't do it alone. We are not good enough. We take the sacrifice of Jesus, all my sin, all my separation, all my future, all my longings at your feet, and I receive union with you. And then we go, okay, now what must I do to keep this relationship good? Because if I do something wrong, my relationship with God will change. We need to learn that this is union because of Jesus' performance, and nothing we can do can change that for all eternity. What we will learn is to live from that place. So if you are, whatever you are facing, can I tell you where you need to start daily is coming back to sitting. I'm seated at the right hand of the Father with Jesus. Stay there. Sit there. And then learn to walk. Then learn to act. Then learn to make decisions. Not like, I can do this all by myself. Why is the power and the presence of God not here? So Romans 8 verse 11, for my family, for those of you that know us well, you know that the last couple of weeks have been very intense on various levels for us. Challenging, difficult, exhausting, okay? But this verse has become key for us in the last weeks, like not as a doctrine, but as a living truth. Now Christ lives his life in you, and even though your body may be dead because of the effects of sin, his life giving spirit imparts life to you because you are fully accepted by God. Why? Because of anything you did. Uh Uh-uh. Because of Jesus' perfect performance. He has adopted you, fully accepted, fully holy. Um, Yes, God raised Jesus to life. And since God's spirit of resurrection lives in you, he will also raise your dying body to life by the same spirit that breathes life in you. Hold on, the resurrection life, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in me. What does that mean? What does that look like? And my mom and I were talking about it because it's like, it can't be abstract. And she said this to me because she's very, very clever and very wise. She said, our most powerful testimony The living gospel truth is that the life, the grace, the presence, the power of God is shown in our worst circumstances. So the last four to six weeks, I'm sitting and I'm like, I'm reading this and I'm like, and the manifest presence, I'm feeling the joy rise. And I'm I'm exchanging, like I just feel so heavy, but there's the actual manifest presence of Jesus in that space. And I'm praying for healing for people, although in our family we're facing issues with health because I'm like, it's resurrection power in me. It doesn't depend on me. It doesn't depend on my circumstances. And my children have begun to see that in their life. Guys, this is alive. It is the person of the Holy Spirit. It is the power and the presence of God, not just like a, oh, that's so... How? Like how? No, in our worst moments, he is within us, releasing the Ezekiel 47 river, bringing healing and joy and encouragement and celebration. Even when you feel like there's not much to celebrate. 
Phil taught us so well a few weeks ago about growing in intimacy, spirit to spirit, deep to deep, that fellowship of abiding union with Christ. And that's what we we continue to learn. So I'm going to use now an illustration from Andrew Womack, okay? I like it in one way because I think it's super helpful in understanding the connection of body and mind and heart, emotion and spirit, okay? But it's limited as well in the fact that it makes it look like we're three parts, we're a whole being, all interconnected, but it helps us maybe just understand how those different aspects of our wholeness work together, okay? If you don't like it, you'll find his email address online. Just tell him specifically that you didn't, you didn't agree, okay? Okay, so your spirit man, your essence, your very being, the innermost part of you has been born again by the Holy Spirit, Okay? Before you were saved, before you received the gift of salvation and entered into the life of Christ, your spirit was a sinful nature. It's the old operating system, okay? Separated from God. Receiving the gift of salvation, you are born again into being a new creation, okay? All of the old is gone. You have been made perfect and holy forever and ever. In the eons of eternity, there is no upgrade needed for your spirit. Forever. It is done. It is finished. And you, that is why you can be in union with Jesus. Okay? He is in you and you are in him because of that absolutely finished work of the cross. All you need for life is already in its complete and mature form in your perfect union spirit with Jesus. You have a new operating system. This is very, very important because if you still believe your operating system is sinful nature, it's like you're struggling all the time to break through of that. No, your operating system is union. And the Holy Spirit is busting out of the inner, inner being of you into your mind, into your heart, and into your body being like, I want to renew every space so that you think like Jesus, you look like Jesus, you, you behave like Jesus. Everything will be renewed. Because Romans 12 verse 1 says, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the Holy Spirit. So the Spirit is connected to your mind and heart Okay, mind and heart are obviously physical. They're housed in your physical body, your heart and your brain. And every thought and every emotion is a chemical and electrical impulse that sits in your body. There is a physical reality to that. But it's also a quantum space because where does that thought sit? And it's connected to the spirit realm. And it's like a whole like world in itself, even though it's housed in the body, in the physical And it's in our mind that the Holy Spirit wants to transform our thinking. Because when you get saved, when you receive that gift of salvation, not all your paradigms change in that moment. Sometimes you sit with the paradigms, the lies, the disbelief from trauma, from childhood, from 
parents, from whatever, whatever. And it sits there and the spirit is busting out all the time. So to, to transform your thinking, to, your emotions are these flags. Hello, here's anger. Hello. That flag is an encounter for, for you to meet Jesus. Emotions are beautiful. They are sacred and please do not be like, wow, why am I so angry? The Holy Spirit would like to show you why. And he would like to release forgiveness. He would like to release healing. Because you are sitting in a prison that he has paid for your freedom for. And so this, living as sons and daughters, releasing the kingdom of God, means we need to learn to live from the Holy Spirit. He takes the word of God, the scriptures. This is the mirror. This tells you who you are. And he is the author of that word. And he is the teacher that lives in you. So he's teaching you, counseling you this inside. Isn't that amazing? In this beautiful transformation. And I want to say this. This is so important. Rob and I were talking about it this morning. Jesus came not as a spirit being. He came in a human body and he redeemed the human frame. The life of the spirit is meant to be lived fully. You're not meant to be like, you know, whoosh, whoosh, like on this body because it's so evil. No. Your body is meant to experience and express the emotion, the heart, the life of the Spirit within you. You're, you, know, you see Jesus, in, in, and he stays in human form for all of eternity. He has his glorified body, but for all of eternity is man. That means this body, humanity is a glorious thing. Is it broken under the old covenant? completely broken. Is it redeemed under the new? It's glorious. And so our living life, like you see Jesus, he's got friends. He's having meals at the table. They're drinking wine. They're eating together. They're on the beach. They're, they're preaching. Yes, they're praying for healing. They're seeing miracles. But he's also in relationship. He's a man and he's living in perfect harmony with the Holy Spirit. Don't try and play down your mealtime versus this moment in terms of spirituality. It is as spiritual. What is happening at your table, in your marriage, in your conversation, when you're making a meal as this moment together in worship. And the Spirit wants to teach you to live from Him, to see things like He does, to speak like He does. So, your body is just a tent. That scripture that we read is so beautiful because... It says your body is part of the fallen world. We're going to fold up this tent. Our glorified body, that is like Jesus' that gets to walk through walls and trans, you know, locate from place to place. It has already been purchased for, but you don't get it now. You only get it later when his kingdom comes fully. But that scripture, Romans 8, tells me that the, the life of the spirit in me brings life even to my mortal body which means wellness and healing and shalom, peace and well-being and vitality. That is my portion. Holy Spirit, can I learn to live from that place where that is manifest even in my physical body? Friends, the Christian life is not about releasing what we have. It's not about trying to, sorry, 
Let me start again. The Christian life is about releasing what we already have and not going around trying to get something. It is finished means it is finished. And we need to learn to release because those sons and daughters are going to be on display. You are, your DNA is glory. You are knitted into glory. You are knitted into Jesus, to the Holy Spirit. Your internal DNA is glory. And your future is to be glorified. And so we go from glory to glory to glory as we are transformed into the likeness of Christ from the reality of what we already have in full, but learn in fellowship and abiding with the Spirit of Jesus to live that in every area of our life. And that, friends, is the sonship journey. It is the glorious adventure of our lives. We were saying, if you get saved today and you've still got all your junk, your mess, your paradigms, your your wrong thinking, and you die this moment and Bill Johnson dies, you go to the same heaven. How's that? No matter what you've done this week, you're going to the same heaven as Bill Johnson. However, Bill Johnson has a beautiful... uh, intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and there is fruit in his life. Heaven come through him. That's our inheritance, okay, as sons and daughters, that we would live in partnership with the Spirit and see his kingdom come. So this journey of sonship is actually for our good. Some people think like, oh, it's all the rules, and I can't do this, and I can't do that. I'm like, you've totally missed the point. The Holy Spirit teaches us to live well. He teaches us the art of living, I love my life. Despite what we go through, I adore my life. The relationships, the community, what the Lord is doing. Because the Spirit is like redeeming all those things. It's an inside-outside kingdom. And Romans 8 tells us that creation itself is waiting on tiptoes for the sons of God to be revealed. Why? Because you already have been fully purchased and redeemed in your inner man. And creation's like, come on, let it bust out because creation has been purchased for. When Jesus comes back again, it will be in its completely redeemed self. So right now, the flowers and the bees and the mountains are like, come on, sons and daughters arise because as that glory from your internal DNA begins to manifest in your, in your life, in your soul, in your body and, and outside from there, because it's an inside outside kingdom, even creation responds. Even people around you respond to that life, because the Holy Spirit is busting out, and active participation with the Holy Spirit continually allows us to experience that glory and to live like stars shining in the universe. Philippians, stars shining in a dark, dark sky. The Holy Spirit wants to get what is inside you out. So this Transforming your mind with the Holy Spirit or seeing your mind healed and transformed as you yield to him is not about being scored as a Christian. It's not like, oh, I'm 20%, I'm 20% there. Rob's probably 40. Kirsten's definitely 60. No jokes. (laughs) You know, Bill Johnson's 100. No, it is not about that. It's 
about living in the fullness that was purchased for you. It's about unwrapping the gifts that you already have. So we need to change our mindset from like, I'm doing this well. Oh no, it's not about that. It's that Christ has given you all. And sad for you if you don't want to unwrap the presence he's given you. And you want to stay in unforgiveness or unrenewed mindsets. It's sad for you and it's sad for us because we are one and we are all together. And we need sons and daughters to rise, guys. We want to see that glorious body that Rick Joyner prophesied there in that quote. God's mission is sonship. He sent Jesus, John 3.16, I so love the world that I sent my son. His mission to touch and change and rescue the world was sonship. And it hasn't changed He is not sending orphans. He is sending sons. It's gender neutral. Son is son and daughter, okay? Sons and daughters into the universe to be the same as Jesus was. That is his mission paradigm, sons. Hebrews 1 verse 1. Oh, it's just, I'm not going to read it because of time, but it's like in, in our history, he's speaking to the Israelites. I sent the prophets and teachers and prophets, but then I sent the son, And he is fully God. And I sent him. And now, Brian Simmons says, God speaks the language of son. And if we know who we are, the spirit that raised Jesus from the dead, who was in Jesus in his physical body, is the same spirit in you. He's releasing the same sons and daughters. Jesus was the firstborn. And we are all the rest into the world And the context of son is always family, right? It's not like, oh, I'm sending my best guy. I'm sending my son because it's family. It's relationship. It's love. I have five minutes. Okay. Guys, we need to exchange. Where's my Play-Doh? Our minds, okay? I love this idea that our minds are molded. They are shaped, okay? And Hebrews 12, I mean, Romans 12 says, do not be conformed, do not be molded to the pattern of this world. The world thinks a certain way, the success mindset, the influence, the way it thinks, okay? And through every channel of everything that's coming at you, it's molding your mind, says, be transformed by the Holy Spirit. So in our union with the Holy Spirit, he's working on our belief system. He's working on the way we see the world. Um, 1 Corinthians 2 is so beautiful. It says, the spirit of a man knows the deep things of that man. So it is with the Holy Spirit, knows the deep things of God. And he is making them known to us by his spirit. I mean, wow. The deep things on the Father's heart are being made known to us by the Spirit. But when our mind is locked in the mindset of this world, it can become a wall. And I think that's what's happening. We're creating walls for the DNA of glory, like, okay, it's getting stuck there. Whatever it is, like, um, you know, unforgiveness or insecurity, and you're like, and it doesn't go out, you know. And, and the Spirit is wanting to work in those places. So I'm going to share with you three mindsets. They're not behaviors. They're not um, 
like sin patterns and stuff. I'm actually going to speak a little bit more about some of those things that we can get stuck in on Wednesday night. But this is a mindset. And um, as you know, (laughs) the Holy Spirit uses the painful things in our lives to bring to the surface what we really believe. So these three things, I'm going to speak about favor, authority, and resource. And it became an issue to me when a friend of mine received from the Lord what I was wanting. And I got very offended. In retrospect, I didn't actually want that thing, which is interesting how the Holy Spirit sometimes doesn't answer our prayers for our good. But at that moment, I was so offended, like that person is blessed and I'm not. And I was, I I couldn't, I was so offended. I like couldn't get over the fact that like I thought I was your favored one and you did that, God. And it became such a stumbling block for me. Can you pour more water? Sorry, it is so hot in here, and I get a little excited. So, so, Lynn and I know we're going to bust out. We are busting out. It's getting scary. Um, Okay, so I'm I'm so offended. And the Lord says to me, I'll tell you in a moment. Hold on. The Lord says to me, my love, favor is not winning. I love to win. (laughs) I really do. I love to do my best and be like, man, I did it. Favor is not winning. I give you favor for the people under your influence. And it broke me. It broke me because I'm like, that means half the time I'm going to feel like I'm not winning. It's like, yeah, but you're favored. And when, when, when I receive this gospel message, I can release the favor of God. You may think I'm losing. You may be like, oh, shame. Like, whatever, you know, they're struggling financially or, you know, oh, the church should have grown. Whatever it is, you know, shame. But it's not true. I'm favored, and the favor that I have in that intimacy with the Father is for you. Favor, we need a new mindset. Authority. I'm able only to give out the authority. So I have the fullness of authority because the King of Kings and Lord of Lords lives in me, but I can only give out to the measure of my surrender to God's heart. I am only able to use the fullness of the authority given to me to the measure of my surrender to God's heart. You see, John 15, abide, 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 abide in me, abide in me. If you abide in me, if you know my words, ask anything and it will be given to you. And half the time we're asking our own agenda because we're not fellowshipping. We're not abiding. That's a very risky scripture, but in the context of Hold on, it's from union. And then lastly, resources for those who have been on a challenging financial journey the last little while. Too much money is whatever amount replaces trust. (laughs) Too much money is what, okay, and this is Bill Johnson. Let me just give credit where credit's due. Too much money is whatever amount replaces trust. Let us not love not the world so that he can trust us with the world, okay? So 
He wants, does he want to bless us? I actually really believe he really does. But when our trust is like, it's going well, I'm successful, now I can be close to God, oh, versus everything's falling apart, I trust you anyway. And the switch between those two places is the journey of trust, which many of us have been on. And, and sometimes the switch is painful because you're so used to, like, I just want it to be better. But I, I, it's about trust. And it's about that we can be kings and queens, but that we are, our home is heaven. And not that we love the world so much, you know, that we can't actually be given it. So, friends, I... These are things where like we can get stuck in our minds and I feel like I said to the elders, 2023 is a year where the Lord is inviting us to imagine the future and to write the future with him. But when you sow, um, you live from scarcity. I don't have enough, I'm not enough, that performance cycle, that thing, like you can't actually dream. But when we live from the Spirit, a redeemed imagination, like don't think for one moment I'm poo-pooing an intellectual mind at all. A redeemed mind is a playground for the imagination of the Spirit. And you, we will see solutions. And We're not shutting down the intellect. We are being hmm, driven from the operating system of the spirit instead of the operating system of the world. And then let's see what our imaginations can partner with, with the Holy Spirit. Okay, can the, can the worship team come up, guys? We're going to just worship the king that is so kind and so good and has done the most extravagant thing in his death, burial and resurrection. But I'm just going to read quickly Acts 3. You know the story. There's a song about it. Acts 3. One afternoon, Peter and John went to the temple for the three o'clock prayer. As they came to the entrance called the Beautiful Gate, they were captured by the sight of a man crippled from birth, being carried and placed at the entrance to the temple. He was every day brought there to beg for money from those going into worship. When he noticed Peter and John going into the temple, he begged them for money. Peter and John looked straight into the eyes of the crippled man and said, look at us. Expecting a gift, he readily gave them his attention. But Peter said, I don't have money, but I'll give you this, the power. By the power of the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, stand up and walk. A few things. It starts by saying one afternoon. Let's just say one random Tuesday. Every random day of your life is the day that the resurrection power of Jesus wants to bust out of you. Not a special day, not the day when you have your stuff together, not the day when you feel well, probably the day where you feel really bad. Any given Tuesday, Monday, Wednesday, whatever, that is the day. And they go to the temple, that is the, the meeting place of community. So that means your school, your business, your family, your wider community, this community, whatever. In that place, on any given random day, the Lord wants, the Holy Spirit wants to bust out of you in the resurrection power that you carry. And they meet here at the beautiful gate. Your life is the beautiful gate. You 
are the meeting place of heaven and earth in you, in the person of the Holy Spirit. So your life is the beautiful gate. And secondly, any moment that you meet sickness, brokenness, sadness, difficulty, that is the beautiful gate. In people, in yourself, in your family, that moment is the trapdoor of encounter, whether it's your own emotion of anger. There we go. There's the beautiful gate for the spirit to bust out. Or if it's meeting someone who's downcast, there's the beautiful gate to give that Ezekiel River, to hand out that resurrection life. He, that guy was put there every day, every single day. Every single day, <laughs> they are people day after day after day after day in brokenness and sadness, and you'll meet them. And though it's the time where we can bring heaven to earth. And lastly, I'm going to end with this. Peter and John look at the man and they say, look at me. Do you know what that is? That is two men who understand their sonship. Not Look at Jesus. No, look at me because inside here is the spirit of the living God, the spirit of Jesus. Look at me and I will release the name in which I am in union with, that I'm grafted into. I'm releasing that name into you. But look at me. And that's what he's releasing, friend. God dwells in his people. And when we know this as a living truth rather than doctrine, the world will know this also.